Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. I'm so excited to jump in and do an episode from start to finish. Wow. This is the week since, uh, since Sweet Caroline, which opened the season, um, we have split them up with interviews in the middle. Yes. Um, not counting rivalries. Not counting rivalry weeks. That's a good point on that. Um, so it's nice to just get back to the way this thing started, um, and what a song to end up this year. Um, I think there's nothing more fitting. I'll tell our listeners uh, the other day, Rob was like, I know what we're doing for the finale. He's like, we're doing Long December uh, for this year. And I was like, yes. And uh, <laughs> Rob, run with it from there, man. It just felt appropriate. We, we had a change of plans. We, th- we had something else in mind that we will definitely do down the road for sure. But, uh, you know, we normally go with something epic for our season finale, some 18-minute monstrosity <laughs> of a piece, um, and uh, we had something else that was planned that was epic in the way that we usually present it, but this song is epic in the feels, you oh, know, yeah. as this year has been for all of us. Um, so a little catharsis maybe at the at the end of a very difficult year, and at the end of a wonderful season of the great song podcast. oh my goodness and we but, we know we filled it full of interviews this season like we, yeah. we talked on it but you guys love it we love it um so we don't want to take away from that but in this case uh feel like it should just be us and the today, family that's right today we're just focusing on the song and uh, we're going to close it out with a little long december by counting crows <laughs> <laughs> rob's already snotting all over himself How can an accordion make me cry like this? (laughs) A long December And there's reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last I can't remember The last thing that you said As you were leaving All the days go by so and it's one more day up in the canyon And it's one more night in Hollywood If you think that I could be forgiven I wish you would Guys, that is long December, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit of uh, scenery so we can set the mood here. Normally, I'm the guy with the vinyls laid out all over the place. I still have some from some earlier interviews. I do have my CDs out, but Rob takes home the memorabilia award today with the Counting Crows recovering the satellites vinyl. He's got the inner liner notes out and the green vinyl. It's beautiful. So last year for Christmas, uh, my daughter and son-in-law got me a a triple set of Counting Crows vinyls. It's got it, double albums all because they're long. So um, double album of August and Everything After in in yellow yellow vinyl, um, recovering the satellites with green vinyl, and then their latest album somewhere under Wonderland in blue vinyl. That's and awesome. they're just all it's just beautiful and it makes me feel so good. Okay, this might be a, it may be early in the in the in the podcast to ask, but since you mentioned all the vinyls. Favorite Counting Crows album? August and everything after. Mine too. No, it, I said that like off the cuff. I knew that is the answer. Unless you count Across the Wire, Live okay. in New York City. That's my number one, okay. actually. Wow. The live album. And I never pick a live album as my favorite. Yeah, I, and I thought you didn't really care for them live. No, I... Saw them live, like them better on the studio, but something about this live album okay. has everything that I like, okay. and it's, it's the VH1 storytellers thrown in there. Yeah. So uh, Rob mentioned I'm not correct. I did get to see them live, which was a great experience, but I preferred them on CD versus live. They uh, played. I worked for Enterprise, and they played a manager meeting that we had where we got to have Counting Crows awesome. come, which is super cool. <laughs> so I got to lean up against the stage and see the Counting Crows. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing um, yeah. several years ago, but. Uh, 
Yeah. But so literally August and everything after is my favorite album of all time. Oh, um, wow. It's, it's my number one. Wow. So, okay. That's um, heavy. Right yeah. Okay. And so now if I had to list you my top 10, um, recovering the satellites would probably be in that top 10. Wow. Also. So two by counting crows in there. That's yeah. Awesome. I mean, these were there, the early counting crows work, uh, it's impact on me cannot really be overstated. It was really, it really hit me just right at just the right time. Um, different drummer on August and everything after. And you can tell it, you can tell it in the style. You can tell it in the sound, especially in like the snare drum. The mm-hmm. first one had a really more of a snappy snare drum. And this one has a little bit of a more of a, <laughs> you know Steve what I mean? Bowman on the, on the August and everything after Ben Mize on recovering the satellites. Yeah. But we'll talk about both that in, incredible. Um, but, um, yeah, but for this one, so if I had to pick one album, to dig into it would be August and everything after best best one two punch of a song back to back I originally like um, on their stuff I my immediate gut reaction was Hard Candy because it's got Holiday in Spain which I love and then it's got the hidden track of Big with Yellow their Taxi. version of, of Big Yellow Taxi but my one two punch of Counting Crows is actually on August and everything after it's got to be Rain King into Sullivan Street okay that's my one two oh man if everything pick- about everything about the first two at least counting crows albums they're perfect they're they are spotless i cannot find one fault uh in in either of those albums for me so track listing let's just run through them real quick yeah. here I'll, I'll hit uh august and everything after i can hit both it doesn't matter round here omaha mr jones uh perfect blue buildings uh goodness Gosh. gracious and it begins and time, it begins, yeah. time and time again rain king sullivan street ghost train oh. raining in baltimore uh, and a murder of one. Oh. Seriously, that album is just off the charts good. Let's save let's save the track listing for recovering okay. the satellites because I want to dig into the album a little okay. bit later. Uh, I'm just not going to be able to resist. So, um, but let's talk a little bit about a long December first. This is from the 1996 album Recovering the Satellites. It was the second album by Counting Crows, the follow-up to August and everything after. It hit number one on the U.S. Adult Alternative Songs chart. Number one in Canada. Number seven on the U.S. mainstream top 40, number five U.S. alternative airplay, and top 10 in several other U.S. charts. Uh, It was the number seven song in Canada for the entire year of 1997. Um, And uh, Adam Duritz kind of told the story on VH1 Storytellers. um, And it's one of those things where, you know, okay, so Adam Duritz is a, is a, um, he's one of those songwriters that he writes stuff that is just so like deep, uh, at least to him that sometimes you can't even make sense of, of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, because it's either, or like for the, for example, rain King off August Mm -hmm. and everything after once you know what it's about, it makes perfect sense, but it's a literary reference. And if you don't understand the literary reference, then this, the song just kind of sounds like nonsense. And this song, like, you get the feel from it. You get, you kind of get what we're going for feel wise. But once you f- have the key that unlocks the story, it makes every little lyric line up, and you go, "Oh crap, that's what this is about." So he told the story on uh, VH1 Storytellers. He had a friend uh, named uh, Jennifer who got hit by a car in December 1995. And um, the song is about Adams going back and forth to visit her. It's one more day up in the canyons, one more night in Hollywood. He would go, um, he would go back and forth from there to the hospital. Um, and then like Hill, uh, Hillside Manor is referenced in the, I think it's the third verse, drove up to Hillside Manor sometime after 2 a.m. and talked a little while about the year. And he's, he, he, Hillside Manor is a reference to the, the house of a, of a couple friends where Adam would go uh, and he went there one particular night after leaving the hospital at 2 a.m. I mean, it's very literal. Smell of hospitals um, in winter. I mean, yeah, come on. exactly. It, it makes the whole song line up. Um, and so he goes, he goes to Hillside Manor after 2 a.m., um, and has this conversation with his friends. And after this conversation, he goes and writes the song, okay, between like 4 and 6 a.m., heads straight back to the hospital to visit his friend Jennifer again, then to the studio 
where he then brings the song to the band and they immediately cut it. Um, and they did, uh, I think he said this was like fifth or sixth they take. They did seven takes and this was number six and they okay. kept it. So it's basically like a live track. It is. And then they just go back and added the vocal parts. That's right. They, the only thing added to this song it was background vocals. So the additional, uh, you know, harmonies and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but so he's literally doing this, did this all on no sleep. You know what I mean? And it, it just adds to know that. And then you go, man, you know, him feeling it's, it's, it's one thing to be, um, you know, to have an experience. Okay. This thing happened in my life and it affected me. And then in a year, I'm going to write a song about it, you know? Um, but, but it's to be in thing, the middle of it, in the middle yeah. of that thing, he writes this song and records it mm-hmm. to put it down yeah, it's great. and it, and it lived exactly as it was in that moment, uh, is just really cool, uh, and, and really crazy. We, uh, if I was going to name one word, like to that experience, it would be draining. Like that's oh. just draining. And I think yeah. that feel, and that feels like what to some of y'all may sing 2020 may feel like, Dude. you know, and that's why this is so the perfect choice to close out the season and to close out the year. Yeah, like exactly we're in, right. Well played, Rob, with that suggestion. And so in the, in the middle, even the, I think the best thing that this song offers is it, it offers in the middle of this, it's got this sense of hopefulness. Um, you know, even at, at the end of the song, um, he, he kind of comes around, um, you know, it's been so long since I've seen the ocean. And then there's this little pause. I guess I should. Mm-hmm. And you get, nah, 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 nah. I mean, come on. It's, Great piano hit right before the I guess I should. Yeah. Um, and so I think on that one, it might not even pause. It does that. It, you know, it does that bop, bop on the others, but I'm not sure it does right there. Does really? it? Really? It might I not. Hang on. Let me listen. I might just be wanting to, wanting to add extra emotion to it that isn't there. And it's one more day up in the canyon. Oh, so you've got this down chorus. Love that guitar work. One more night in Hollywood. It's been so long since I've seen the ocean. Oh, you're right. Oh. And then it just explodes back right. into those nanas. Oh, man. And listen, we've talked before about our favorite nanas and wo-wo's oh, and yeah, yeah. This one's in the conversation. Don't discount these nanas. Listen to this. Let this get out your lighter. Come on. I mean, that's all time good. You do that. You do that with a thousand people singing it back at you. You know. Do you sing the melody? Or oh, do you sing man. harmonies over that? I sing everything. I sing all of it, dude. <laughs> I sing. I sing it through the tears. I sing. <laughs> I sing a bass part. <laughs> I sing a soprano part. That is great. I sing all of he it. He sings the guitar line. And over then when top it gets of done, it. if I'm not if I'm not finished, I'll go rewind thirty seconds That's and sing awesome. it some more, That's dude. So good, man. There's there's not enough of that. Uh, yeah, it's just, but that's what, that's one thing that I really love and why I think this is a perfect song to close out this year in this moment as a finale for the show. Um, because it's like, this sucked, Uh this sucks in the present. This sucks today, you know? Um, but in the middle of it, I see that there is, that there might be some hope. That's right. We're telling you guys. Hold on to these moments as they pass. Yes. Like, we're in it, but hang on. You yes. guys are my friends. I mean, in, in even even a line um, like, um, you know, and all at once you look across a crowded room to see the way that light attaches to a girl. That's an incredible way to say <laughs> that I'm noticing something in this person. Yeah. You know, in the middle of all this, I'm I'm seeing something that, that is catching me. Yeah, you know? that's good. Yeah. Um, so gosh, what a freaking oh, yeah, song! What a great song, man. Um, I mean, we could just close it out right there. <laughs> Thirteen minutes. That's it. Music um, video. Music video. Music Let's talk video. about Let's it. Talk about Courtney Cox in yeah. the music video. Y'all know her from Friends. Sure. Monica from Friends. I think maybe I'm making this up, but were they dating then? They were not dating yet. Okay. They met on the set and then started dating. That's cool. But he had previously dated already Jennifer Aniston. Oh god, I didn't he dated that. he dated uh, Monica and um, and this is Friends heyday from Friends. Yeah, in 1996. Wow. He you know 95 96 he dated both Rachel and Monica. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Lisa is, Kudrow's hiding somewhere. She's like, that's awesome. Save me from this emotional wreck. That's great. It's just, just, uh, I mean, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go. Do you want to go uh, album? You want to go band? You want to? You tell me. You know, um, let's. Yeah, let's meet the band. Let's okay, go let's Counting Crows. Hey, let's meet the band. <laughs> hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band of Counting Crows, Counting Crows that played on Recovering the Satellites. I'll be quick. I'm just going to name names pretty much and instrument of choice. Uh, David Bryson on guitars, dobro, tambourine, vocals. Uh, Charlie Gillingham on Hammond B3, piano, Mellotron, Wurlitzer, accordion, Rob's yeah. harmonica and vocals. Uh, Matt Malley on electric bass guitar um, on this. He does play some double bass as well um, and some vocals. Ben Mize on drums, uh, percussion, uh, Zippo lighter. <laughs> I gave him credit <laughs> on that. Okay. Uh, other guitar player and vocals, Dan Vickery. And piano, tambourine, tambourine songwriter. He's credited with everything on this on the interliner notes. Wrote it, recorded it, sang it. Adam Duritz. Legend, yeah. um, legend. Do, he's done collaborations with everybody from. I mean, he's on Sixth Avenue Heartache by the Wallflowers. Yep. One of my favorite songs, uh, "So Long, So Long" by Dashboard Confessional. Oh, love that song. That um, it's so good. It's on Dust Till Summer album. It's got "Don't Wait" and "Vindicate Stolen." I'm a Dashboard fan, so one of my favorites. Um, great, great, great guy. And we can talk about how they formed. I I was going to go back one rewind one yeah. number to Dan Vickery yeah. because he's so important to this album. Um he is the difference in guitar. If you go back and listen to the first album, there are no guitar solos. Um there are no like leads, you know. Mm-hmm. But he came in between the first and second album as a lead guitarist. They realized they wanted another another lead uh you know, a, a guitar sound. And he really brings some not only additional energy and this album <clears throat> this album is more rock and roll it is, yeah. than August and everything after and that's in part to the production work of Gil Norton uh who they worked with who had worked with like Nirvana and all these like you know um and uh and so he he added some edge but they also I think were uh kind of intentional about um making this record a little more aggressive um in in several ways and Dan Vickery in addition to bringing some of that edge, also brings an album's worth of gorgeous lead guitar work. It's not, it's sort of, you know, along the lines we talked, um, you know, about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, how their, um, you know, the lead lines were often simple, but beautiful, you know, and his work is a little more melodic, I think, than that, um, but it, it is just gorgeous. Song after song after song, his leads are incredibly singable yeah, and good. memorable. Mm-hmm. And it's all stuff that you can... And they're not overpowering. Like, no. He's not like out front, look he, at me. He, just, he never he, does too much. Mm-hmm. He never. He always does just right what, what, what the song calls for. And that's one of the things I've always appreciated about him uh, and in, in particular on this album. Because every lead is just that's good. Mm, chef's like kiss. Perfect. I like that. Yeah, for, Counting Crows, formed by Adam and David Bryson. Um, their demo tape, did you see that led to a bidding war between nine different record labels? I did. Nine different record labels? Did you see the, the, the nickname? The nickname, yeah, the Accounting Crows. Accounting Crows. That's, that's brilliant. That's um, so funny. They played Mr. Jones on Saturday Night Live, and the single jumped 40 spots. Wow. Um, that's crazy. And then uh, they played uh, Round Here, I think, was on Letterman that mm-hmm. week. So they played in the same week. They were on two major shows. Now, think about 90s Saturday Night Live. That's actually where I first saw them because I watched Saturday Night Live every week. It was the best. 90s had Will Ferrell, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, all that. Norm MacDonald, Sherry O'Terry, Chris Catan. So, I mean, round here on Letterman, Mr. Jones on Saturday Night Live, and it's like, boom. Yeah. On they go. And, you know, I've heard him talking about Mr. Jones. They didn't think that was going to be their hit. That was sort of an afterthought for them as a song. I mean, not an afterthought as a song, but as a <clears throat> something that might catch on. They didn't really think that was it. They thought Rain King was going to be their big hit. Really? Um, and it ended up being the, the least performing, mm-hmm. you know, of the singles yeah. from that album. But, um, yeah, they thought, uh, they thought Rain King was going to be the big one. But Mr. Jones comes in and just takes off, <clears throat> captures everybody. I, you know, um, the uh, the critique that Counting Crows got at the time was that a uh, Adam was sad and self absorbed, and b their influences were clearly on display if you knew what to listen for. Um, 
but here's why I call BS on those criticisms. Okay. Um, first of all, we are all self-absorbed, right? Yeah, sure. We're all self-absorbed. We're kind of all and, about ourselves, whether we pretend like we're not or not. Yeah, and why do some artists get praised for being honest and introspective while others get derided for being the same? <laughs> I, you know, I think it's probably more about his voice and the fact that he was dating models and movie stars yeah. as kind of an average-looking guy. That's good. You know? Um, yeah, how's that homely-looking guy dating Jennifer Aniston <laughs> and Courtney Cox? <laughs> yeah, yeah right? And then secondly... Uh, why am I supposed to care about how many influences I can hear in their music? I'm not a mega fan of Springsteen or Van Morrison or the band, all of whom you can hear in the work of Counting Crows. But guess what? All those influences came together to create something that connected with me in a way that none of those legendary artists have. Um, and so, you know, for me, Counting Crows are my Springsteen. They are my Van Morrison. And so why should there be anything wrong with that? You know, isn't that the point that we take what we're made of and we make the best thing we can out of it? You know what I mean? That's and they really did good. it in a way that hits me. I think you'll speak to mid-90s kids a lot the same way. They'll relate yeah. to that. Like, you know, we like I like Springsteen. I love Springsteen. Um, and I grew up, but in terms of the years that formed our, based on our age, the years that formed us when we go to high school, you yeah. know, and going through it, it's Counting Crows. That's great. I yeah. like that. So I, you know, that's to me is my answer to the critic. Cause I read the, I, I read some of the, you know, the people that were like, you know, this, this album, especially the second album, because it was a, um, um, kind of a response, a lot of it to their first album blowing up. Mm-hmm. The second album deals a lot more with, Hey, suddenly I'm famous and I'm not hundred percent sure what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the feelings that I'm having about that. And so the criticism then becomes, Oh, wah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, you're famous. Uh, you know, whatever. And critics are like, get over it. And and Adam Duritz was like, you know, screw you. What else am I supposed to write about? Yeah. I write about what I feel. Yeah. This is what I feel. You know, that's not my fault. Uh, you know, he didn't – I don't want to write something that's not – honest uh-huh. um you know just for the sake of so i can please rolling stone or whatever mm-hmm. obviously and obviously people dug it i mean this Absolutely. album was still you know still huge and then a long december was you know a, a monster h- huge hit let's uh let's talk a little bit about the album i know you hinted at it earlier yeah. let's talk about some different tracks on it man um, okay, let's start at the beginning okay let's just i w- want to maybe hit a little of each track okay and um, talk about maybe not e- nah, maybe not just, every track but i do have to open with this this is Catapult, the opening track, and it opens with this gorgeous Mellotron. I did not know what this instrument was called for <laughs> years and years and years. Uh, probably, an, I mean, within the last five years, I learned what this instrument was called. And I've, you, you don't hear it very often. It's got a very distinct sound. But it's sort of like a, um, it's kind of like an organ that makes flute sounds. Um, basically. Play a little of it. So here's the opening to Catapult. This, by the way, this song woke me up. This was my, I had a a CD alarm clock. Oh, nice. You know? And so this woke me up for a solid two years. And the fact that he still listens to it speaks highly because if I was woke right? up every morning by something, I would want to throw it. Yeah. So you hear that real breathy, fluty. This is a Mellotron. And then you get this aggressive guitar chord in here with this vibrato. Rob's feet just hit the floor. He's getting up. <laughs> That's it, man. My goal was to try and pause it before the verse kicked in because the the verse has some weird guitar in it that I didn't want to hear first thing in the morning. It's Dan Vickery in your right ear playing some lead there. Okay, my headphones so. must be backwards because he's in my left ear. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. So uh, that's that's catapult, and then you get to the okay. I want to introduce the next one, "Angels Boy. of the Silence," because it tricks me every time. Because the title and the lyrics sound like it should be another heartbreak ballad. Angels it's of a, the Silence. That sounds yeah. like it should be. A, but then this song rocks. I mean, the driving guitars, the noisy cymbals. Listen to yeah. the aggressively picked bass. Yes, like, uh, this yeah. is a this is a. Uh, I'm, let's get into it. Hang yeah, on. and this uh yeah. Dude, come on. This one kind of gets lost in the pantheon of great Counting Crow songs. Yeah. Well, I guess you left me with Those guitars, man. Oh, man. This was a, uh, a single off of this, and it didn't perform super well. It was the well. lead single. It was the first yeah. one. But, man. And, of course, that, that sound is nowhere to be found on August and everything after. That mm. was a... 
wow, that was a statement, you know, coming coming into this. Um, the, then you get into Daylight, Daylight Fading. Fading. I, this one's kind of a mid-tempo balance for me. It's kind of if you took Angels of the Silence and Long December on opposite ends of the spectrum, and this yeah. one kind of lands in the them. middle of those. Okay. And this has my favorite vocalization of the – this is the Adam Duritz word. Okay. The California word. It's another vocalization, vocalization of the word California. Yeah, okay. So if I ever meet somebody that says, I'm Adam Duritz, or, and it's an imposter, I'm going to be like, okay, say the word California. Say California. Say California. He does and say it be my, very distinctly. That'll be my And tale. he says it a lot. He uh, says California yeah. often. I, I uh, read an interview uh, with him where he was talking about um, – you know, he um, he he got some criticism, I think, for including so many details in his <laughs> songs, and you know, because he said he he was saying these these songs, these names, these are all real people. Like all this, all this stuff is real. Um, and people would say, you know, if you include all this, it's going to alienate people because they're not going to be able to connect with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not going to feel like something that they are in the middle of because you're talking about, you know, good night, Elizabeth. Um, well, what if it's not Elizabeth mm-hmm. for me? You know, whatever. But he but he argues, and I agree, that it's like the feeling of being um, dropped into the middle of a story and you get to know the characters. It's like immersive, you know? Uh, you, you get to know everything by just being sur- surrounded by it and you figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? And then you connect to it however you connect to How it. How it relates to you. All the same, yeah. It's like... It's like I'm not so stupid that I can't connect Goodnight Elizabeth to whoever yeah, I'm, that's good. you know, yeah. wanting this song to be about or for or whatever. So um, anyway. The only yeah. problem is if you had an ex named Elizabeth. Yeah. That would be the trouble. Right, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, so here's, here's a little Daylight Fading. And this was, a, this was a moderate hit for them as well. Great guitar tones. I love this delayed chord right here. I'm too, love that. This has got some almost country influence, you know, some of the lead guitar work. Let's see, where's the line about California? Here it is. There it is. There it That's is. it. That's the tale. California. Uh-huh. Very specific. Now he's. It's funny because I, when I think about Adam Duritz, I think about L.A. He was born in Baltimore, um, so he was. He was kind of looks like a raven. He became. <laughs> he he became a a, a California staple uh, when he went to college at UC Berkeley, um, and. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, uh, and then we get into "I'm Not Sleeping," which is oh my gosh! It's it's this one you're te- you you might be tempted to sleep on a little bit and skip, but I'm telling you, if you don't let it, if you'll take the time to let it get to let it get where it goes, you will not be disappointed. This is the beginning of "I'm Not Sleeping." Are you gonna play every track? I don't know. I guess I don't have to. Because it's 14 tracks. Yeah, it's a long album. <laughs> so that's a teaser. That's enough yeah. to get them to. Okay. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go through every, every track, but I am going to hit a couple highlights. You've got Goodnight Elizabeth, which is a very sweet ballad. Um, I, I do have to hit a little bit of Children in Blue. Okay. Um, because this has one of my favorite examples of, uh, of a riff, a hit, being put in a place that makes you question where the downbeat is. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> I, I may have to play this opening twice but here's a little bit of children in bloom and if you put the if you're counting if you put the downbeat the downbeat would be bar one of the measure and we're in four four times so if you're thinking one two three four one okay if you put one where it sounds like it belongs when the verse lands you're going to be in a wrong spot okay and you're going to be going what just happened all right (laughs) so take a listen real quick that organ tone, good night. I'll give it to you in a second. You'll hear it. You'll. It'll be obvious when we're when to start counting. Okay. So the whole band's going to kick in here with some hits.
right, now wait for the chorus to hit. I am a flower and we are all Gotta get out on Did it land for you? <laughs> so what we've got I was just singing along. Okay, so what we got is is those hits are really anytime you emphasize something that big, it should be on one. Uh-huh. It tells your it tells the listener's ears this is the beat, uh-huh. you know? But what they're really doing is those those hits actually come on the end of one. So they're going one, two, three, four, one, and three, four, one, and three, four. So it's one and children in one and cooking in the sun one and anyway, and, and that, and then it lines up with the chorus that way. Um, I just, I love that so much, dude. The first, until I, until I internalized how that, uh, how that worked and, and ex- <laughs> you, it's the deal of like, okay, you figure something out, but then you, then you have to learn how to expect it when you hear it, Yeah, you know? And so that process <laughs> yeah. really took me a minute. Um, then you got just great stuff. Another horse dreamers blues. Are you serious? <laughs> what a freaking song that, that thing is, is a whole, it's a different vibe. It's almost got kind of a, it's got this like lazy six, eight, almost kind of a loungy vibe. Uh-huh. Um, and then it just gets really big and heavy and, oh, it's just fantastic. Don't play the title track cause I'm going to do something with it later. Okay. All right. Won't do it. Um, and anyway, you, you end up through the song and, and, and a long December to me really closes the album. It's not the last, not the last track, track, um, but walk aways is acoustic and vocal and it's a minute and 13 seconds long. Um, it to me is a, like a postlude, you know, or a, um, I don't know what you would call it, a, a, an afterword to the album. So to me, to me, a long December is it's really, the doxology. It is. <laughs> yes. It's the doxology to the album. The, uh, yeah. Um, so, and so walkaways and there's a cool, um, most of a documentary on, um, on YouTube that they did as part of their electronic press kit for this album where they, they go through um, the, not so much the making of the album, but the process of the album. They, they uh, rented a big house in, in uh, LA and they moved all their gear into the house and they all moved into the house for the months that it took to, to record and Gil Norton moved into the house and everybody's, you know, it shows them divvying up bedrooms and they drew straws for, you know, who would get what room. (laughs) And, uh, and so they've got everything set up in, in a big room where they can record. And then they've got the whole basement that they're using for like a reverb chamber. Um, and it's just this long open basement and they've, it's got like a five second reverb tail. If you clap, it just goes, and so they were, they were putting, uh, amps, they, they would put like, uh, to get reverb on, uh, vocals and stuff. They would put speakers down there and mics way back at the end of the room uh, okay. and in different places. And just to capture, capture it all. the reverb That's awesome. that was coming, um, instead of doing it as an effect from an effects rack, you know, manipulating it, um, uh, digitally or, or even analog, they just literally recorded the natural reverb of this room awesome. to get a lot of the reverbs. And so they, you get to see them, um, recording uh and rehearsing and working out you know so a lot of this stuff at least the bass tracks of it uh the basic tracks i should say um they did together you know and they're all in a circle facing each other and you get that energy that comes from live performance which is this yes in this together Mm -hmm. um but all that to say they show in that documentary the full take of walkaways with um just acoustic and vocals sitting there looking at each other and they show the actual take that gets used on the album of them, you know, recording it in studio. Very cool. So check that out. If you're, if you're a Crows fan, you'll enjoy, you know, seeing all that stuff and some of the different stuff they talk about um, and, and the process of recording an album while being, you know, they're basically in this place that sometimes they don't leave for days and you live, eat, breathe and sleep this album with these guys and the, the ups and downs of, you know, kind of doing that. Um, uh, it's really interesting. I would love to do that sometime. Be cool. Um, so two things we got, uh, we got some, uh, Patreon listener interaction. We can do that now, or we can do stump the genius. Yeah, you tell let's me. Let's do, let's do this. This will be, this will be okay, fun. So I'll tell a little story while we're setting this up. Fun little game. So, 
Late 90s, I'm a junior, senior in high school. I'll tell a little story. I'm riding to the mall with my friends, so in a car, two people in the front, three of us in the back. Um, is, I- sister, is Sweet Cena in the back? <laughs> that's right. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's right. How bizarre. Sweet Cena's on the back. Cruising down Sweet the Sweet Cena's fr- on the front. Front, yeah. Uh-huh. He's cruising down the freeway in, in the, the hot, hot, hot sun. sun. Okay. <laughs> so, three of us in the back. JP left window. My buddy, I won't use his name to protect the innocent, on the far right, and girl in the middle that we're both obviously trying to impress, okay? Song comes on. Everybody knows this song. This is, you know, late 90s, so we've, we've had it. We've had it on the radio. Love this song. We all know it. It's our classic movie moment. Everybody in the car is singing it. All five yeah. of us singing this song, and it gets to the end with, for those of y'all that know it, it's all the yes that come up. And I'm like, this is my chance to be, uh, this is my chance to, to gain some points. So right before the years come, uh, right before the yeah, the yes hit, I'm like, who thinks JP's the coolest person in the car? And everybody's like, yeah. yeah. So there it is. It's like, well, and then like, r- who's ready to, to go to the good day at the mall? Yeah. And then, so everybody just starts throwing stuff out. So people are doing that. Well, my buddy that's obviously trying to impress the girl as well goes, goes, who likes, inserts his name. <laughs> And it's silence, and the song ends, and there's no yes. So I'm like, ah, victory for me. So we all laugh about that. So we're going to do something now to involve our Patreons uh, and listeners um, where we're going to let them ask Adam Duritz those same so, uh, some questions. Yeah, we asked, we asked a few people, uh, what would you ask Adam Duritz if you knew that he couldn't tell you no? And so uh, these are some of the responses. I think maybe we should do uh, maybe we should do a few ourselves. Sure, mine would be uh, is pro wrestling fake would be uh, my first one. Sorry, Rob. And then of course he would say, "Yeah." Um, let's see. Uh, how about um, can I borrow five dollars? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Ten dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. That's good. Um, man, I didn't prepare any. Um, <laughs> let's think. We'll be doing this show in the year 2035. Yeah. <laughs> Is Mark Cohn a one-hit wonder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's good. Okay, we got we got to stop there. All right, that's so good. we've gotten we've gotten some uh, some input from our friends. Uh let's hear what let's hear what Brad wants to ask. Hi, it's Brad Callahan from Minneapolis. My question is it true that you're starting a podcast called the Pretty Good Song Podcast to compete with these guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. No, I do. I flat deny that. <laughs> Adam Duritz is a liar, and I'll tell him to his face. He has a podcast. Actually, he does have a podcast. Underwater Sunshine. He does. If you want to check it out, That's funny. I believe it is very vulgar. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it myself, but I, I believe it's pretty. Uh, that's probably wrong. I don't know. It's rated explicit, so my mom won't let me listen to it. <laughs> Let's hear what Michael wants to ask. Do you like pina coladas? Yeah. Or getting caught in the rain? Yeah. Michael even went a step further and got his kids involved. Check this out. Can I stand on my head and eat noodles? Yeah. <laughs> Can I go to the moon without a rocket? Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. I do have a question for our listeners that maybe they can help me with because I don't know the answer to this. Um, I've listened to Long December multiple times on different mediums, YouTube, Spotify, and almost every time that I play it on YouTube and Spotify, for some reason, um, either the song right after that it suggests for me or in like the like what you should listen. You know how it picks yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. and it goes to – it goes to this Machine Gun Kelly song called Lead You On. Hmm. Never heard it before. I cannot figure out the tie-in. I don't listen to it. It's got a lot of F-words in it and everything. But <laughs> the only similarity I can find is it's piano-driven heartache. But, like, I, I'm, Machine Gun Kelly is never anybody I've said, Interesting. hey, Google, play Machine Gun. I have yeah, to be yeah. careful it'll actually play. But, <laughs> you know, um, I never request him. He's not on my not my not on my radar. But it it's every time I play the video that comes and every time I play it on Spotify, not immediately after, but somewhere – a few down the line, this Machine Gun Kelly song comes on. So if y'all can help me clear up why that is, help me find the tie-in. Weird. So I can make it stop. No, so I use I use Apple Music primarily, um, and um, and I found they've implemented a new feature uh, that is about music discovery. You know how Sp- uh, Spotify now, if you reach the end of a playlist or whatever, or if you tell it to play one song, um, 
Spotify is going to start just playing you more stuff. It wants you, it thinks you will want to, you know, like based on what you just played. So Apple Music just implemented the same kind of new feature. And if you get to the end of a playlist or an album or even a single song, if this infinity feature is turned on, it just starts playing. But I found this weird glitch where I, I kid you not, no matter what kind of playlist I'm listening to, okay, if it's like my favorites mix that has, you know, just all this, all, like stuff that we cover on the podcast, Phil Collins and Billy Joel, Bruce uh-huh. Hornsby, um, or it literally I've had this happen on gospel podcasts where I'm listening, uh, podcast, or gospel playlist, where I'm listening to like Marvin Sapp and Fred Hammond and- Donnie McClurkin. Yeah. Uh, it ends up playing Yesterday by the Beatles. <laughs> the holiest of songs. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's usually within like four or five songs of, you know, after the playlist is over and it's getting into its own thing, it's going to guide me somehow to yesterday. And, and you think that song's playing in heaven? Is that why? (laughs) Maybe I have no idea, but it's weird. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's rock, if it's pop, if it's gospel, doesn't matter what it is. It always wants me to listen to yesterday. It's like the Kevin Bacon of songs. It is. (laughs) It is. Six degrees of yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, it's. So weird. Okay, so I got a different version of Stump the Genius that I'm excited to play. Let's play Stump the Genius this way. It's time to Stump the Genius. I take your part. All right, guys, we have had so many fun games of Stump the Genius this season. Rob has done really pretty well overall. No, I I, I haven't. You did great on Here the Mustache, did great (laughs) on America, uh, different ones. So this is one that I have not done yet, and uh, I don't know if he'll enjoy this. He may be hated that he's put on the spot for this. I don't know. He may like it, but this is one that I'm excited to show the brilliance of Rob because I believe he's going to do really well. Okay. Six songs. Good to know. We're going to play Stump the Genius what key is this song in? Oh, no. Oh, you're going to do perfect. Oh, my gosh. You're going to do great. Hold on. You'll get close. Hold I, on. Let me get my, let me, let me set a pitch. Do you want to, do you want to pit a middle C? No, no, on your no. I'm going to try it without hitting something. Okay. okay? Here we go. So I'm going to try. I'm going to play hits. I'm going to play six of my favorite. I'm going to play six of my favorite Counting Crows songs. Hold on. Hold on. Do you need something for reference? It's okay. No, I got a pitch in my head. You got a pitch in your head. Now for reference, yeah. Okay, here we go. I think this is a D, so this is going to be where I'm starting. If this is not a D, I'm going to get all these wrong. (laughs) Here we go. Track one. What key is round here in, everyone? So that would be in G. That is in G. One for one. Rob killing it. Track two. Title track of Recovering the Satellites. That's an A flat. That's an A flat. He's two for two. Track three, my favorite Counting Crows song, Sullivan Street. That's an A, right? Is it not? Oh, hang on. Was it in D? That's in D. Okay. That's good. That's in D. Sorry, I had to go by the voicing. It's okay. It's okay. You're good. He's doing really well, Something made me feel like we were just going up chromatically. It's okay. Here we go. Track four. From This Desert Life. We haven't talked about it yet. Hanging around. That snare. So, if we're it's saying that's four, that's a four. One, it starts on the four, one, five. five. Yep. Then it's, we're in C. We're in C. Okay. Absolutely. It's, it's good job. Killing it. Killing it. Track five. Title track for Hard Candy. Ooh. I like this song. I do too. It's fun. Think how you would want to play it. Yeah. A certain Sundays in Is it a. Uh, is it in E? It's in E. Okay. Yes. It's just capoed. It's, it's D capoed. It's, it, it's, it's right? in it's, the key of E. Yeah. So obviously but bass player. Capo 2. It sounds like they're playing in E. And then in lead D. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Good job. Last one. Last one. See if he can run the gamut and go six for six. It's a little tricky because the piano's a little bit out of tune. Got no place to go, but there's a girl waiting for me down in Mexico. 
Is it D? It's in D. Hey! Rob killed it, everybody. Oh, holiday yeah. in space. That's amazing. That's pressure at its finest, and Rob <laughs> delivered. What a great way to finish Stump the Genius for wow. this season. I am thoroughly impressed. I'm proud of myself. That's amazing, guys. And I promise you, that was not rehearsed. He is a, <laughs> When I talk about his wonderful pitch, you guys got to see it on display. You can put the cue cards down there. That's amazing. That's a, <laughs> rhymes with D. <laughs> that was wonderful. Great job, man. Thank you very much. I feel proud of myself. I, I'm proud of myself um, too. Okay. How did you guys out there do for the, or guessing along? Let us Anybody know. Guess along? Anybody guess along? Like, oh, everybody knows hard candies in E. Right. That's the thing is I, I legit didn't know what song. I've played around here, but it's and, been and 15 you, years. Uh, you played Mr. Jones with me, so yeah. I couldn't do that one. That right. was that would have been easy. And we're covering long December, so we know it's in F. Um so yeah, but uh, great job. Great job on that. Okay, I just wanted to give you a couple more quotes on this uh, that I found interesting while while doing research, and then we'll and then we'll say goodbye for the season. Um, this is from American Songwriter Magazine. Um, this says, and this is just a good quote. I just like it. Um, a long December seesaws from heartbroken to hopeful without seeming strained. Regrets pile up as they tend to do at the end of the year, but they are counteracted by the sense of optimism that the changing calendar inevitably brings. It talks then a little about reflecting on regrets, but yet the narrative concludes on a tentative note of positivity uh, when the narrator begins to see his West Coast surroundings as not just the setting for his daily drudgery, but as a place of beauty and wonder. And then the line, it's been so long since I've seen the ocean, I guess I should. Um, The song ends with Durrett's chanting some non-on-a syllables that break free from the stateliness of the main melody and make it sound like the narrator might make it out of this unforgiving month all right. Maybe a long December falls short of bringing tidings of comfort and joy, but it delivers a glimmer of hope for the new year. Sometimes it's the best we can hope for, and sometimes it's enough. And that's kind of feel like that's good. That's yeah, kind of feel like where so many of us are. Yeah, my my line know? for you guys would be from this song: If you had a tough year, you know, maybe this year will be better than the last. Yeah, so exactly. take that with you guys. This, you know, this song. I mean, and it's been a great year for us on the Great Song Podcast. Yes, so. podcast wise, this has been an incredible year, and we're so glad you guys have been along for the ride with us. And we've made so many new friends, uh, you know, through just the podcast alone this year. Uh, and, and that's, and that's t- t- not even to mention the relationship that we formed in like the music industry. We're just literally talking about you who are listening right now. Um, you know, we've made, made friends with so many of you this year and it's just been amazing. Um, but you know, obviously we know this song, I mean, this, this year, uh, has been just an off the charts. Uh, you know, I, I mean, when you get sick of hearing words like unprecedented, you know, it's been a wild year. And we've intentionally steered clear of that to give you guys the joy of the podcast as a break from yes. all that. So we haven't talked about the heaviness of it. No. And we've stayed away from racial tensions, Corona, all the topics that yeah. you don't talk about. Elections. We've intention elections. We've steered clear of all of that. Yeah. Um, and, but and, we, but we're not oblivious to it. No. We and see So it. we know that. You know, it means all the more to us um, to think that in the middle of such a wild and depressing and difficult year that you guys have made time to listen to our show. You know what I mean? To make time to you, you give us, you know, an hour of your week. And you have no idea how much the comments mean to us. Like as much as we try to give to you guys, just the little things that you leave us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, anything like that. It's so nice to see that you guys are engaged with us. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I guess as we close season six, we just want to say thank you. We're so grateful for you. And like truly in the sense of like we would say like Happy New Year. Um, but I think I would rather say, you know, may God give you a Happy New Year. Yeah. You know, may may the new year be happy. Yeah. Let that be like a blessing on you That's instead good. of a... Woo, it's the new year, uh-huh. you know, which is definitely going to be a relief for many of us <laughs> to at least be able to turn the calendar to where it does not say 2020 anymore. Right. But also for us to just be able to say, man, I hope this year is better than the last. You know, I really hope that for each and every one of you. Um, and, and we've got some goodies next year already in the you can, guys. guys. You know, if this year has been fun interview-wise and show-wise, we've got some stuff that this is not just hyping. This yeah. is real talk. No. We are so excited about what's coming down the pipe. We're way ahead. We've already recorded interviews, enough interviews, I think, for all of next season that we would that we would want to include. Um, but we're just continuing to book 
incredible guests, uh, and that's in large part to JP, who is uh, on his grind, uh, you know, getting with agents and managers and publicists and all that good stuff, um, and who's who's got an incredible track record. We call him Steve Kerr. Because <laughs> Rob is Jordan and Pippin all wrapped into one. I know my role. <laughs> he's, he's, I'm Steve Kerr. He's Steve Kerr working hard and getting <laughs> getting the admin stuff done, and I'm just a, a you know... Uh, I'm but just, we know who to give the ball to. I'm just a dog on a leash, like, <laughs> just let me at this episode. He's like, who we got this week? <laughs> Literally. We, I, oh, we got the Pacers? No problem. <laughs> I'll guard Reggie. Oh, man. so I'll guard Reggie and put up 40. No biggie. Give me the rock. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, season seven is going to be a blast. We'll be back in the middle of, in the middle of January. Uh, no, we'll be back in the, the first February week of February. The 10th, I'm sorry. February 10th there. will be our first episode. And it's about we, six weeks from when we release this. So yeah. uh, you guys hang with us. We'll, uh, we'll try to keep you engaged. But we're going to steer clear of episodes till the 10th yep. um, and uh, be, be ready to hang out with us again. We'll pick up and go. That's right. We'll not be leaving you behind on socials, though. We'll still be active on all our social accounts. So uh, make sure you're engaging with us in the meantime so that we can give you good hard notice uh, when Season 7 is about to begin. Find us everywhere at Great Song pod facebook twitter instagram uh and from our facebook page you can join our facebook group great songs and the great people who love them greatly pick up a shirt not because we want to sell shirts because it's not like we make a lot of profit but because we want to see that you guys like us and see there's no (laughs) feeling like seeing somebody wearing a great song podcast t-shirt it's true or a bumper sticker on a car sticker yeah man that feels so good and if you want to do that uh, you can go to uh uh, big cart i'm sorry great song pod dot big cartel dot com B-I-G-C-A-R-T-E-L, bigcartel.com, and pick yourself up a shirt there. And one day, I'm going to stop being lazy and get it added to the website. (laughs) I'm not a web person. I just have to contact the person who is. It's all my fault that there's not just a T-shirts tab on the website, Um, but I will do that. And... um, and yeah, and then if you really want to go the extra mile and support the show in a in a in a monetary monthly way, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash great song pod. Um and and you can do that. And so you can some, ask Adam Durrett's questions. Yeah. So uh we've got uh you know, we've got some cool bonuses going on there. Um but uh and 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 many of you have done that already and we, you know, thank you uh, you know, immensely for that. Uh, I think we need to go out with some nanas. Let's, let's do it. Oh, that's good. That's the way to say it. Let's close this thing with some hope. And um, let's just let's just one more time hear Adam Duritz telling us, yeah, uh, as we close out the new year. Seriously, you guys, have a blessed new year. Uh, we pray for the best for you and from you in the coming year. We'll be back in season seven with another great so song. Great. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music. Uh-huh.